Welcome to the Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope, and I hope this encourages you wherever you're listening. Enjoy. Well, good evening again, church. The Lord is here. (laughs) In case you were wondering, I love getting to worship with you guys and to encourage you. I don't know if the big toothy grin gives it away, but I am never as convinced of the love of God as when I watch his people gather together to come and meet with him. I'm going to take just a few minutes to, I think, put some language around what I sense God's been doing in this time. I don't have like a three-point sermon. I don't really think I've got anything impressive to say. I just wonder if you would accept this offering of, hey, I think this is what's happening. I don't know about you, but over the last month, I have been so captivated by what God is doing here. It feels like he's almost making himself three-dimensional again. Like he's reminding us that we cannot contain him, that we cannot force him into a box because he is simply too great, too holy, too majestic. But in his good and perfect will, God desires to show up in fresh new ways. And that's what we've been seeing here. And God is so kind that when he shows up, He leads us to empty ourselves of that which distracts us, that which dulls our compassions, that which deafens us to his voice, and to take on a posture of voluntary surrender, of an open-handed and open-hearted approach to faith. And And as I've been trying to discern just what God is doing amongst us, I've been so encouraged by your prophetic words and pictures And I really want to encourage each one of you who are here to really believe when you hear the gentle stirrings of God, that God is speaking to you, that God has a word for you, that God is going to use you, no matter how small or trivial it may seem, because your gifts and your prayers are invaluable to the wider community. The Lord tells his children the things he is going to do. As the scriptures say, his sheep hear his voice and follow him. And so expect God to speak to you of what he is doing in this time. Because I sense that God is preparing us for a move that is still to come. Like he's getting his house in order so that we can be the prophetic voices that we were always meant to be. Scripture calls it the watchman, the sentinel, those who would post themselves out to look at what is going on afar that we might be beacons of hope, vessels of grace for those who have yet to meet with Jesus. Because God aches for the people of East London and beyond to know true freedom, to experience real joy, to taste and see that he indeed is good. And so today I wonder if we might look to the teachings of the prophets to the writings of flawed people just like you and me who said yes to the call of God to point people back to him. And the gift of the Old Testament prophets is that no one person was alike. They weren't all academics who knew everything there was to know about God. There were farmers and priests, rich and old, married and single. And they weren't all overly enthusiastic or confident They didn't walk knowing everything and having all the answers. Jonah ran away from his sense of calling. 
Jeremiah said, I can't, God, I'm too young. And if you've read Hosea, you'll guess that he had some thoughts on being asked to marry an interesting lady. Ultimately, each one of them was so in awe of what they had learned about God that they could do nothing but tell people where he was at work and how they could come along for the ride. And so if you came here today expecting a bit of a light-hearted Mother's Day talk, this is not that. I am so sorry for you because instead we're going to open our Bibles to Isaiah 6 verses 1 to 8 as we learn from the prophets. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Amen. Amen. That's a passage of scripture. Um, Well, why don't we pray together as we get into this? Come, Lord Jesus. Would you animate these words in our hearts? Would you make them a reality? Would you give us the grace to say, here am I, send me. God, would you open us up to be willing and available to do the works that you're gonna need to do in us so that we can go outside of these four walls? Where we are defensive, would you show us grace? Where we are ashamed, would you show us your kindness? Don't let us leave this place unchanged by you, Lord. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. I saw the Lord high and exalted. Hasn't it felt like God has been walking through this very room? Like there's just been this weightiness in the air as his presence feels so tangible. I've watched as week after week we throw away our expectations and our practices as people are filled with this holy reverence as the songs move from the stage to the congregation as the church cries out in response to seeing the Lord afresh. And every week the heart cry of the saints has been the same as trembling lips cry out that God is worthy, that God reigns above it all, that God is Alpha and Omega. The Spirit is stirring that very same sense that Isaiah had, 
that as people encounter God's presence, they are simply undone. When the Lord enters a room, you pay attention because nothing else matters. And yet because God is holy, we can't help but notice our lack as we get closer to him. We focus on our shortcomings, on our weaknesses. We feel conviction and at times condemnation, though that is not from him. As Isaiah beheld the presence of the Lord, he also saw angels who were so evidently in awe of God's holiness and divinity that they covered their faces, declaring nothing but holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. These were beings who in their own right were awesome to behold Yet they could do nothing but worship the presence of God. It reminds me of the picture in Revelation 4 of the 24 elders who fall down before the one seated on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever, casting their crowns before him, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power for you created all things. By you they will exist and come to be. Don't those prayers even sound the same? As these powerful beings, be they angels or elders, they are leaders in their own right, put down their status, their power, their achievements, because nothing compares to worshipping God. Isn't that the posture that we want to have before Jesus? that the only thing that matters is that he is glorified, that he is exalted. I wonder today if there might be some crowns that God is asking us to voluntarily put down. I wonder if over the past few weeks you haven't already been feeling a holy discomfort, a sense of God moving things around to make sure that he is first and that nothing else gets in the way. Almost like he's shining a torch on the things we prioritise and how much it points to us or to him. Maybe there have been times of worship that have just felt really exposing or vulnerable as it feels like God is putting a finger on things we would rather pretend aren't there, be it weakness, anxiety or shame. But can I encourage you that God does whole works That he doesn't look at the things that hold us back and ignore them, but rather he loves us too much to leave us as we are, knowing that these are things that will cripple us down the line. Maybe you feel like you're actually okay with the vulnerability thing. You're down, you get it, it's all self-work. What's more daunting for you is that God might be calling you out, is that God might be awakening a new sense of vocation in you. I definitely don't look it, I'm telling myself. But I turned 31 on Wednesday. Wow, I got applause. Um, Apparently the 30s are a great time. Um, But I say that because I felt a sense of call to ministry at 22. I did a lot of running, a lot of hiding. If I'm honest, when God called me, I couldn't think of anything worse. 
I was the oldest of 14 cousins who were raised like siblings, and so they all felt like my responsibility. At uni, I was a dorm parent. I was the person you always went to to help with homework or to cook dinner or to sort out your problems. And the idea of being responsible, not for a couple dozen people, but a few hundred, was deeply unattractive. And so as God began to stir this sense of calling, I chucked an equal amount of effort into suppressing it and ignoring it and coming up with excuses for why I wasn't qualified. And though it started with stubbornness, in truth, I just felt so inadequate. I felt like such a fraud. Who was I to step out when all I wanted to do was step back? But what I've learned is that God really will use his church to do what he wants to do. Because one day a youth leader called Tom came up to me and he asked if, I, if he could pray for me. And I don't know about you, but I never say no to prayer. Can't go wrong. Ask for more of the spirits, good stuff. And so I said, sure. And I expected something sure and polite. But what I got instead was like 10 minutes of Tom prophesying in like full on tongues. And then I was like, I really hope one of us can interpret this because I don't know what you've just said. And we waited and we waited. And he said, I don't know if this means anything to you, but I see you knelt down in this white cathedral looking building and you're dressed in white robes and you're kneeling before a sword. And as you kneel, people are so intrigued by what you're looking at that they come and they kneel too. I don't know if you know, but in the Bible, the sword is often uh, a symbol of the living word, a symbol of God. I don't know if that means anything to you now, and if it doesn't, you can chuck it. But that's all. Have a good day. I was undone that this relative acquaintance, that this person I definitely had not told about the things I was discerning with God, had such a clear picture of what priestly ministry looks like, of what serving the church and building it up by calling it to worship looks like. It threw me that God would use someone I didn't know to confirm something that I was doing my best to pretend I couldn't see. This is the gift of the church. Because if Tom hadn't taken that risk, I would have kept on pretending. If Tom hadn't stepped out, there wouldn't have been someone calling me out of my comfort zone and into what God desired to do in my life. Today, might God be calling you out of your comfort zone, out of playing it safe and sticking to the status quo when there is more to do. Today, might you look into the eyes of the God whose perfect love casts out fear because our story doesn't end with our inadequacy or our shortcomings and insecurities, but rather our broken hearts when truly humble can become the very fuel that God uses to birth new stories and new callings. As he says, why don't you give me that so that you can run uninhibited? Far from something that condemns us, our lack, our insufficiency can be the very beginning of, humi of humility. And God can do the seeming impossible when we offer ourselves humbly before him. It's that same insufficiency that led Isaiah to call out to God 
It's that insufficiency that God has been meeting with here week after week as he offers healing and encouragement and hope. There is a reason the Beatitudes open with blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Or as the message translates it, you are blessed when you're at the end of your rope because with less of you, there is more of God and his rule. What we see through Isaiah is that as Isaiah calls out to God, so God meets with and purifies Isaiah. As the coal is taken from the altar and touches his mouth, it takes away his guilt and atones for his sin. As Christians, we know that the final atoning work is done through Jesus on the cross. That whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died so that those things that could make us ashamed would be a space for humility instead. A humility that recognises just how much we need God and just how true it is that only his name can save. Humbled, open, and truly repentant, Isaiah hears the Lord speak, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? To which Isaiah replies, here am I, send me. Send me are the words that sound exciting and full of adventure. But I wonder if the words here am I are far more important to utter to God, that we might give God our yes, our availability, the reins of our life, because it is the only right response to the one who has always been worthy of our worship and our devotion. Amen. Amen. My final thought is that in you, as you look at this passage, there are three movements within it. And three movements for us today, three movements I suspect we are going to be journeying through for a while. And the first is that we might really see God. That we would glimpse him. So can I have some water? (laughs) That we would be so in awe of who God is that it would change our stories. The second is that we would cry out for his grace, for just how much we need his help. And the third is that we would say yes to God. Yes to walking with him wherever it may take us. Because here's the thing. God is calling the prophets. God is calling us, his children, to prepare the way for the Lord. To actively watch for the signs of his presence at work and to proclaim the good news that we have encountered in Jesus. You are called for such a time as this church. And so as we head back into a time of worship and ministry, might you choose to have an open posture before God? Might you choose to say, here am I, send me, trusting that his method of preparation is a loving gift that will restore us as he consecrates us and sets us apart for his glory. We're going to wait. God has a habit of filling our waiting. And so in whatever way helps you to connect to God, whatever way helps you to not be distracted, could I encourage you to invite God in? Come, Holy Spirit. 
Hey, thanks for listening to this week's Saint Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you want to find out more ways of connecting or if you want to support the vision of Saint, you can head over to saint.church. For now, have a great week and we'll catch up really soon.